Go figure. The ghost of Ish Smith. Two daggers in the last minute to propel the Denver Nuggets over the Phoenix Suns by a final score of 107 to 105. Season's over, folks. We've lost to the Nuggets in the preseason, Matthew. I don't know what else to do. I guess it's over. I knew it. I knew it. As soon as I saw Ish, I'm like, oh, he's going to beat the Suns. That's what always happens. Dude, this guy will either kill us in the box score or else like tonight he's going to hit the, the dagger to win the game. Twice. And- they were they were 105 to 103, and then it was Ish Smith, Ish Smith, Ish Smith, Ish Smith. And we do that too. We can never say his name right. <laughs> I was just like, damn, dude. Oh, well. Yeah, you know, and it, it, it's like Hados girl says these third stringers are not it, I guess. No, not at all. <laughs> not at all. Well, welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the Suns Jam Session Podcast, a post-game podcast for the preseason. Only one more of these things to go. No, two more. No, one more. The Kings more. on Wednesday, right? Yeah, that's it. God, I I can't wait for the preseason to be over. I yeah, that's when I, I was uh, watching the Chiefs and Raiders game. I'm like, I can't wait for this game. <laughs> I didn't even watch that because I was so no. like I was I was writing a piece for Brightside about Jay Crowder mm-hmm. and the Hawks, which we'll talk about at the back end of this podcast. Yeah. Uh, I was taking notes on this game. It, was, it, it felt nice to take notes again. Did you take notes on this game? Yeah, I did. Yeah, it, it felt nice to take notes again while watching the game, making observations, hanging out you and. I'll be honest. It kind of it's okay. I'm so used to doing it now. I feel like even if I didn't do the pod, I'd be taking notes. You know? I think I, I do it uh, instead of posting every thought on Twitter, right? Mm-hmm. Like I'm like, oh, that fucking sucked. But normally, you know, like I could be posting that on Twitter as I as the game goes on. But I'm like, that's annoying for everybody, so I'm not going to do that. So yeah, it felt fun taking notes again, you know. But the preseason, it's one of those things. that's like. Uh, what's what's the best way to describe it? Um, I can't I can't think of something. like how how would you describe the preseason? A waste of time. It's just like you <laughs> know the the NFL has it right where they have it three games and the starters don't play. I mean I know you want to get into shape, but come on, man, you don't have to. I guess if you want to win sixty four games again, I guess you want to get into rhythm. But it took them one game to get in the rhythm. They look good. The starters look pretty good tonight. So yeah. I think they're. It only took the one game. So you sacrifice the preseason and just start the season. There's no reason. Well, for Well, like it. as a fan, I look at it like like a Tuesday night at Marley's, right? Where it's trivia night and and it's you and a member of your team, like you and me on trivia night, and we're sitting there, we're we're debating back and forth on what the answer is, and finally we're like, ah, fuck it, and we write down an answer yeah. and we submit our answers, and now you know because like that's how it is in the preseason. We sit there and we have what we think are the answers to what we're observing. And we have these predictions on what the season's going to be. And like we we said, ah, fuck it. This is what it's going to be. And we've put it down and we've handed it off that piece of paper. And now we're just waiting for the season to start because that's when our answers start to see whether we're right or wrong. So that's where, like from a fan's perspective, that's where I'm at. I'm just like, I we're, we're just, we're stuck in limbo right now. And I really wish that we could just get to the starting line. But, you know, patience is a virtue, I guess. I don't know. Yeah. And then the first game's against Dallas. So it's like win or lose. Either way, we won't be happy because it's not going to mean anything. So all of the above is correct. Well, again, welcome to the Suns Jam Session podcast, ladies and gentlemen, whether you're watching along live on Facebook, YouTube, or Twitter, or if you're listening to this podcast at a later time or date, we appreciate you taking a little bit of time out of your day to hang out with a couple of guys who just want to talk about preseason basketball. Yeah. Preseason basketball. We uh, don't want you, to, but we're paid to be here. So. <laughs> we're, yeah, <laughs> I mean, we're obligated by contract. Okay. <laughs> uh, if you're watching along on YouTube, hit that thumbs up button. We appreciate it. Helps with the analytics. Let everybody know we're the best postgame podcast on Planet Orange. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, leave us a five star review. Do what Lando Please. Bobando did recently, left us a five star review. And left the review that said, just the best. I first became aware of this pod when John and Matthew joined the solar panel guys for post-game pods during the finals runs. I haven't missed a pod since. The combination of analysis and entertainment is chef's kiss. I laugh, I cry, I wait on every word with bated breath and anticipation. It's so good to feel something again. (laughs) These guys aren't your standard uh, analysis robots. They're true passionate fans that love the game of basketball, especially when the Phoenix Suns are playing it. Crap, crack open a cold one and go home and love your family. Thank you for that, Lando Bobando. We Thank appreciate you. that. Yeah, that's awesome. That's appreciate a great it. review. 
Yeah. So, well, our, I it. guess I guess that means Matthew, you're gonna be cracking open a cold one, huh? I am. Yeah. Here. What do you got? got I got oh. this thing and this little thing where you I'm hook it on the side, mind, bro. You, re- you ready? <laughs> oh, to, no. You ready to have you your mind CBD? blown? What no. do you got? So, I want to give a shout out to Nate, who's my Southern Wine and uh, Spirits rep. He won. Hold on, let me grab this thing. He won this little decanter set. It's a basketball that you can open up and fill with the spirit of your choice, right? And I'm his. I'm the his biggest basketball fan, buddy. So it's this little basketball that I filled with Jameson <laughs> because Jameson's simply the best, and it comes with. Four rocks glasses that, that have little basketballs on the bottom. <laughs> how Look dope, at that! How, how cute is thing. that? So I've got me. So you got to smash it then, right? I've got me an ice cold Jameson on the rocks tonight to cheers with all these Suns fans as we commiserate in our misery as we talk about this loss to the Denver Nuggets. The priest. I don't know what we're gonna do, but cheers, folks. <laughs> Yes, yes, yes. It was a loss by the Phoenix Suns to the Denver Nuggets uh, in a preseason game that, as as we all know, it really, you know, it, it's, I guess, as the Rockets say. It doesn't matter! But at the same time, it brings me to the first segment of the show. Matthew, I got to ask. Matthew, I got to ask. Is there anything you took away from this game of substance? No, it was, well, the one thing was, of course, Aiden, a little bit of that, you know, the, the inconsistency between the, the first game to the last game to yeah. this game. That's the one thing, and we'll get into it later, but that's that's definitely one thing. The other thing is uh, this bench. I don't know. You know, the injuries already. I was thinking about Cameron Johnson the whole time. I, I don't know if that's a weird thing, but during the game, I thought about him like maybe 10 times, and I was just kind of upset. I'm like, where the fuck is this guy? You know, he's probably mm-hmm. out two to four weeks or whatever. So I just kept thinking about the depth of this team. I kept thinking about Jay Crowder. I kept thinking about everything else, but was that other than what was going on during the game? Of course, Aiden. I got to think about him because he takes up most of my notes page. Other than that, I was like, this team's kind of gelling. They, they look kind of good on the first team. the The third quarter to start the third quarter when they pull when they started to pull away. I was like, okay, like this is all I got to see. The two minutes where they started pulling away, Da looked good offensively and defensively. I was like, that's all I got to see. Sit them, and they basically that was it. I mean, they played a little bit, a little bit longer, but that part was like, okay, this is the Suns from last year, the last two years. They look good. Yeah, I think uh, I'm with you there in that. That was a lot. I, I was, wanted to see that was all over the place. Well, I mean, that's that, <laughs> that's, that's my mind, you, you got it when you watch these preseasons and games. You have to identify what you're going to take away and what you're going to take away that's of substance. And I think that you hit a couple things on the head there. You know, the first thing I'm going to start with is that the first team offense, even though Tory Craig was part of that first team offense, it felt more, it felt more fluid. It felt like they were a little bit more uh, in game shape as, as we talked about on the last podcast against the Lakers, you know, that that's all the preseason is really good for It's just trying to get yourself into game shape. So by the time you hit that first game, you're conditioned enough to pay, play the appropriate minutes and finish a game off. And in doing so, they're at that point where they're, they're, they're starting to look a little bit more fluid. Uh, Chris Paul, you know, is, is initiate the offense uh, with a little bit more fluidity. Devin Booker looks good. Uh, DeAndre Ayton looked really, really good. Mikhail Bridges looked really good, especially in that first quarter where he went, uh, I think, like, what, three for four and had, you know, uh, nine points to lead all scores for the Phoenix Suns. So I think that you know, those are the takeaways that you're just trying to you're trying to identify while you watch these preseason games is how, how is this first team unit looking? Of course, all the eyes are on the second team unit. We'll go through a little bit of some of the things that we saw from there, you know, because we said on the last podcast, you know, it's the preseason and none of it matters. And at the end of the day, it doesn't. But at the same time, like we're starting to get to that point now where it's like, OK, these these minutes kind of do matter for the preseason team. Or for the for, yeah for the preseason uh, uh, bench team because now they're starting to play together and like we got Josh Okogie tonight and it's like okay now you're going to see a little bit more s- some uh, a semblance of what this is going to be but of course like 
you know, there's no campaign. There's no Landry Shamit. There's no Dario Saric. I mean, it's just, it's preseason, so it's frustrating. But at the same time, like, you have to think to yourself, like, how many times do you have a full squad during the regular season? You you really don't. No, you don't. And then that's kind of like the scary thing because some of these guys out there, I was like, you know, I thought a little differently, a little bit differently of them before they came and they joined the Suns. Like a Kogi, I was like defensive guy. You know, offensively, he looked miserable. I don't know what he was doing out sure. there. I mean, defensively, it wasn't that great either. He didn't really even seem to be very enthused to be out there. So that was like my takeaway of that guy. And then I just thought about the rest of the bench too. I know Shamit wasn't there, obviously. Um, but there's like players like Sarich that barely played. I did Sarich play like a minute. I saw the pony. No, he wasn't there. He wasn't there. The, who who else had the fucking? He 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 was there? he was not with the team. Uh, personal reasons. Oh yeah. Well, okay. Dwayne well, Washington was. Yeah, but he's 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 pretty awesome. I mean, uh, three for ten, which isn't that good, but dude, he's like a sneaky kind of like hustle guy that every possession matters. Like I love that from him. So between Washington Jr. and then a Kogi, those are the two I wanted to see. I'm like. Washington should we start off? Should we start off the pod by talking about Dwayne Washington? Uh oh, I'm not the one who just got butt fucked on national TV. Dwayne Washington. There you go. The new <laughs> Dwayne Washington. Is that from Die Hard? That's from Die Hard. Okay, okay. I've only seen the movie like once. So oh my I know god, that's your you movie, should, you should, dude. Yeah, that is my movie. Once again, for the people in the back. I'm not the one who just got butt fucked on national TV. Dwayne Washington. And I kind of think it's appropriate on this one because I didn't think Dwayne Washington played that well. As you mentioned, 19 minutes, three for 10 from the field. Uh, he had 10 points. He had six assists, so he definitely was mm -hmm. distributing the ball. But he took some really, really uh, bad shots, like bad. Like we lost this game because Dwayne Washington was throwing up some bullshit. Now, he hit a three that got the Suns their finest, their their final uh points it got him up to 105 but it was after a horrible miss three a rebound they passed it back out to him and he hit that one right he then he airballs the ball and again like i did like to see that there was somebody who could play a little point guard like he was initiating the offense so i appreciate that about Dwayne washington but i'll tell you this like there's a reason that this guy is who he is uh and has been a, a you know not successful thus far in the nba playing with the, the fort wayne pacer team last season playing for his first opportunity to get some minutes with a high-quality team. But I'll tell you, I, I wasn't impressed. And again, preseason, I know, but I'm not even going to say that shit. Anymore. Yeah. You know what? I wasn't impressed by Dwayne Washington. I'll drink some whiskey to that. He's just like a sneaky snake kind of like a nasty kind of guy that comes out there. And yeah, he, he was playing in a way where it was just kind of – it was selfish a little bit. It was in a way where it was just really erratic, you know. Westbrookian. If you, if you want to throw that one out there, he erratic. was erratic. He was he was definitely a guy where you don't want to trust having the ball. But it was fun, maybe because it was just preseason. But I just liked that effort from him. I haven't really I haven't watched him at all before. But it's just like it's one of those things where I feel like this might be a guy that has a nastiness that won't ever play. But it's yeah. just like. You know what I mean? It's that's what I've, that's what I took that's what I took away too from him. I'm just like he's never gonna play. But exactly. I just enjoy I enjoyed watching him out there. I did tonight. It was one of those games where it gets away. He had moments. Yeah, it gets away from these players out there, but they have fun and they're just trying to like, you know, the the little alley oop to Jock. That was cool. You know what I mean? Little little plays here and there from them. Yeah, it was on the on the one where Jock effort. stole the ball and then like. Fed he him like and then paused. Yeah, he yeah like, that was, it was like a basketball. It was like NBA 2K where you like you just stay there and then you're okay. And yeah, was, <laughs> double B. Yeah, again, like I get it. You know, I I, I get it. You know, he's a two-way player. We're not gonna see much of him. Uh no. he does have the hustle, he does have the energy. That's what I like from the whole second team unit. Like, did we lose the game? Yeah, but I like I saw energy, and that's what I'm looking for is like just energy, aggressiveness, uh, people who are willing to take the shot. You know, he definitely is willing to take a shot. He saw oh, this yeah. as an opportunity to take shots, and he did. Like, Josh Okogie did the same thing, and I'm sorry, Jamsters, we do not have a drop yet for Josh Okogie because That's fine. I'll tell you this. I feel like he's somebody who's got to earn a drop. I want to see how he plays because I think we're going to see plenty of Josh Okogie this year, right? Like, I don't know how much we're going to see of Dwayne Washington Jr., uh, but Josh Okogie we're going to see plenty of. And I'm, I'm still, you know, obviously this is his first preseason foray. First time we've seen him out there. He played 14 minutes. He's one of four from the field. Uh, you know, he had a total of three points. Obviously, the big challenge with him, he had the four turnovers. Every time he touched the ball on offense, it was just like a turnover. So 
you know, we saw his defensive athleticism. I liked it when him and Damian Lee were out there. They were really pushing the guards. They were forcing them, you know, to to they were forcing them to the perimeter. They were cutting off the driving lanes. I like that. Uh, I like that he was rocking the headband, Matthew. I'm a huge fan of that. Anyone who rocks the headband, it's like him and Damian Lee, like the headband bros, you know? So uh, you like you like the way it looks on him? I don't like the way it looks on him. I don't know why. I think his head is a little too narrow up top. Gotcha. Did, I didn't like head. it. His hair is not, he doesn't have too much hair. Little I hair. just liked it because like I saw him out there and I was like, oh, that's Josh Akogi. It's easy with the headband. He's wearing number two, okay. which is always weird. How, how many Phoenix Suns have worn oh, the number geez. two? Oh, I think it's only been like maybe 25 of them, right? No, no. <laughs> why would you ask me? <laughs> Why, why about jersey I? numbers why jersey wouldn't numbers, I? I'm, I'm so you bad know, you know you know jersey how bad i am always the question yeah i know and i never am prepared even if you give me like two weeks to research the jersey numbers, he I'll is the done. 19th son to wear jersey number two i was close who were the last two to wear it um it was um who wore it last uh, year your your boy um dude i'm not good at jersey numbers i'm Alfred serious Payton, that's correct Alfred Alfred Payton. Payton. and yeah, the year before that there. Joe Johnson. That's right. Joe Johnson. The year before was Joe Johnson. That's correct. Oh, and Lin- Langston Galloway. So <laughs> I took Fabio here. Joe you Johnson. Took Fabio. You took Fabio's <laughs> advice. Thank you, Fabio. Matthew needed a lifeline. Um, but again, like I'm interested to see who Josh Akogi becomes because offensively, like I said, there's a lot left to be desired with this guy. And we knew that coming in. I, like I literally wrote a piece for Brightside where I was calling him. Uh, you know, very Alfred Payton esque. Like he's he can he can't facilitate an office but offense, but he plays tough defense. He's very athletic, but he has the offensive skill set of an Alfred Payton. And I think that that's something that we're gonna have to come to grips with as the season progresses. Yeah. Yep. Yep. All, yep. Uh, yep. Yep. Um, well shit, I wasn't ready. I thought you were gonna have a, a moment. I thought you were gonna do a drop. We'll get oh. we're getting into rhythm here. We're getting into the rhythm. Damien Lee's new drop. Let's see it. Today I met this cat. He said his name was Damien. He thinks that we're a lot alike and wants to be my friend. Was that from Die Hard 2? <laughs> no. You don't know who, who is that? No, I mean, if I think for a second, maybe it's... Right, uh... Round two. I'll play it one more time for the people in the back. Today I met this cat. He said his name was Damien. He thinks that we're a lot alike and wants to be my friend. So that's what I'm going to call him all year long is my friend. Who is that? DMX? 8.0 got it. DMX, it DMX, man. RIP DMX. Yeah, wow. that's off of his first album called Damien. It's a song called Damien yeah. that I used to love. But uh, uh, I liked yeah, what Damien I saw from, yeah. from Damien Lee in this one. Mm-hmm. You know, he had uh, yeah. 22 minutes played. He was three of five from the field, two of three from beyond the arc. He had 10 points as well, uh, three rebounds. And I thought, you know, Damien Lee is somebody who we are going to see a little bit more of. And I like what I saw from him. It's funny because... I was watching the feed for the Denver Nuggets because obviously this wasn't televised in the Phoenix market for yeah, yeah. reasons nobody can answer or know. or I, A lot of people probably didn't care. Uh, but one of the things that they said is like, damn, does does anybody who's from the Golden State Warriors not make threes? Chuckle, 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 chuckle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I saw that too. Yeah. And he actually had that. a – yeah, he had a uh, – what did I say? Did I say I heard that? You say I saw that. I'm like – I saw and heard it. Um, all right, so <laughs> I had the caption on. So Lee, the nice euro, the nice euro step in the in the second quarter, like yeah. that was pretty awesome. Also good moves, but he keeps his nose into things. Like he's always just in there. He's always just in the plays, trying to make a mess of things and just contest things, you know. And he's a smaller dude, but he's just like that guy. That's he's he's small, but he just he's a force, and he'll just make sure that everyone knows he's there defensively. But yeah, shooting the three, of the guys right. That's something that can come off the bench, and he's gonna get minutes this year. And we're all excited about this guy. Mm-hmm. I mean, I might be a Washington Junior fan more than this guy. Who knows? I feel like everyone hates Washington Junior, but me, I was a little excited to see Not him tonight. They hate him. <laughs> yeah, they just don't like him as much. But there uh, you go. That's great. It's a it's a good pickup, man. He's one of those guys, of course. You know, coming from the Golden State, you know, the championship experience, whatever if that even means anything. Um, but I mean, he's going to help this team out on the bench and I'm excited to see him this year. Yeah, I am too. I'm, it's going to be interesting to see again, how Monty Williams utilizes him. Uh, like you said, you know, we talked about a little bit on the last pod, you know, kind of the fuck shit up guy. And I feel like he kind mm-hmm. of is a, a, a little bit of a fuck shit up guy. Like you said, he likes to get his nose in there. He likes to kind of, uh, be aggressive, be physical, and then can shoot the three a little bit, play a little offense, do some Euro step. Very excited to see what Damian Lee brings to this team. And I thought that he had, uh, a really good game 
Another guy, obviously, who had an interesting game. I want to hear your thoughts on this guy. Jesus, this is a nice limo. Yes, it is. Now suck my jack. Landale. I got to give a shout out to Coach Fallen Founder. He was on the Solar uh, Panel podcast this weekend as a guest host. And they were talking about something. They were talking about the bench, you know, and Zona was like, you know, he had just written a piece of right side, really kind of breaking down the bench and a lot of the challenges that we have, and all of them are valid. And then they're like, so, Coach Fallen Founder, what do you think? He's like, well, suck my jock. He's like, I love Jock Landau. And I was like, yes, it's happening. <laughs> it's We're going to make sprouts, suck huh? my jock happen. Yeah. We're going to do it, Jamsters. Help me out. <laughs> Hashtag suck my jock. <laughs> you know what's going to happen in the playoffs? People will just wear jocks. Oh yeah, to suck the game. My jock on it, and yeah. it's also going to be hot out. Now so it makes we have to wear sense. Exactly. Now we're going to have to wear jocks to the game, dude. <laughs> yeah. No. Well. No. Uh, you know, with, with with great responsibility comes great jocks. Uh, but Jock Lando, twenty minutes. He was four of ten from the field, one of four from beyond the arc. He ended with only uh, ten points. Had six rebounds. Uh, had an assist. You know, a, a block shot. What did you see for from uh, from Jock Landau? Well, I also saw time. or heard on the broadcast okay, where he was okay. shooting threes, and they're just like, "What is he doing shooting threes?" Like, dude, he was, Jock he does was, what he wants to do. He was way off on him too. He was, but that he shoots threes, and we're gonna we're gonna have to deal with that. But I like how he just kind of does whatever he wants out there. But he he does a little bit of everything tonight. Yeah, the effort was kind of not there. I feel like he's just the effort guy. If he's not putting in the effort, you won't see any kind of results. Um, but there's there's a lot of good things he does do offensively and defensively defensively for this team. It just it's gonna kind of sway up and down all season long. And a lot of these players off the bench, you just expect that. And this is one of them. And it'll be okay. We'll come on this podcast after multiple games throughout the year, probably every other game. Be like, what happened to Chuck? What's he doing? Should he even play? Should he give him minutes? He'll play awesome the next game. But like, give him more minutes. He's gonna be that guy all season long. And I still enjoyed it. I mean, he was there till the end with Washington Jr. on the alley-oop. He just he wants to make sure that, especially tonight, he gives his team a chance to win. He's not going to make dumb-headed plays, but he's just the effort guy. And if he's off from three, that's fine, but he's a three-point shooter. He's going to shoot threes. Yeah, I think that uh, um, he's going to shoot those threes, and he, he doesn't need to always do that. I think he's trying to add that aspect to his game. You know, you look at it like from a career standpoint, I think he's like a 32% three-point shooter. So he's not somebody yeah, I'm who, up right now. Yeah, so, let me know what you find because I, yeah. you know, uh, Dave King said on the Solar Panel podcast that he is a poor man's Frank Kaminsky, hmm. and I thought about it. I go, no, no, no. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's right. You know, and like as I was writing the article, it kind of worked itself out. I go, yeah, that's that's probably a really good definition. Maybe he's a rich man's Frank Kaminsky, but he's definitely along those lines of a Frank Kaminsky. Like he can rebound, doesn't have a great post up game, but does have a good putback game. Can shoot the three, probably shouldn't shoot the three. Uh, he screens a lot better than Kaminsky does, I feel. And again, he's just going to be a fan favorite because of the fact that he puts his nose in there and he's just he he wants to uh, he wants to be the fuck shit up guy. And I can appreciate that about Jock Landell. Again, this game not the greatest game for him um, coming off the bench. Had he been a little bit more productive or maybe taken a, a couple less threes, the team could have potentially won this make believe game, but. At the end of the day, I appreciate his effort, and I, I like the fact that he was willing to, uh, you know, put forth the effort. And again, that's what that's what you take from the preseason. It's like as long as these guys are engaged and energized, we've seen it in the past where it's just like there's no talent whatsoever out there. Like Jock Landell, Damian Lee, even to a certain extent, uh, Dwayne Washington Jr. Like there's definitely some talent on this team. We just got to see how it works in the confines of a regular season. Yeah, and even with Jacques shooting the three, he only shot almost two per game, 32% or almost 33%. Yeah. So, yeah, it's something that he's trying to implement, but I don't mind it. I mean, if he's going to shoot it, just shoot it. And that's the thing with Frank, too. I remember Frank used to be the guy where he was, was like, stop shooting threes, right? Mm -hmm. Sarge was bad, too, but Frank got to the point where we loved it because he would get hot. I don't know if Jacques's going to be that guy. And when I first saw, like, he's a poor man's Frank, I kind of was like, I kind of like Jacques better, but we've only had such a small sample exactly. size. Exactly. So I better hold my tongue, dude. I better just keep it in my mouth and, um, you know, wiggle it around. Sure. Across your teeth, right? Back and forth. Like you just got your braces taken off. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly <laughs> like that. Um, this isn't anything new for anyone who's listening, but if you're watching the pod. The Sarge Smoke Break. 
Oh, there's a brand was naked, dude. There's a there's a brand new <laughs> there's a brand new Sarge Smoke Break graphic for you all out there. Uh, again, he didn't play tonight, but you know what? I still made the you know I'm working all the on all the new drops for the season. We got to have everything crisp and looking good still for uh, for okay. next Wednesday. So <laughs> you guys enjoy yeah. that one. But uh, there you go. He's still hanging out hanging out outside of <laughs> your your local Circle K. Um, <laughs> so one guy who got the start tonight, and I was again not impressed with. Tori Craig, who's no longer the juice. Craig, I wouldn't feel comfortable lending you two hundred dollars without a job. Yeah, I was gonna say you should have taken some. You should have taken something from uh, the Friday. Friday movie. Yeah, yeah. There you go. Eating I, up all the food in the kitchen. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. So, so you know, Craig, I, I wouldn't trust him with two hundred dollars. You know, unless he had a job. Uh, again, starting nineteen minutes, he was one of four from the field, one of three from beyond the arc. He had the three points, which was the one made three. He had three personal fouls. He had four. Uh, rebounds again just not very effective we know he's not going to be a first teamer we know that in the absence of Cameron Johnson it's going to be somebody else and tonight it was Torrey Craig uh what did you think of like his slow-mo try to put a layup up and just gets fucking denied he does that all the time I feel like yeah. he was who who else does that Cameron Payne did that a lot last year where he would get to the rim and just throw it up there he would get just rejected just denied every time. I've never seen that from a player I'm like what are you doing but Craig does that too and it's kind of like just don't do anything unless you're there for a lob you're there by the basket wide open someone can hit you in stride or else if you're from if you're just running the floor and you can hit a quick three he can do that if he's open but I prefer him just to stick with defense. He looks like a guy out there who's just like on his phone. He's just on his phone, like, oh shit, yeah. like, oh, I got the ball. Or like, oh, so, you know, I gotta go do something to help my team. He's the guy who like walks into a light post because he's looking down at his phone. He's that <laughs> yeah. guy. That's yeah, how you just, describe Tory Craig on offense. Yeah, but the best way was always just he's the guy that's running to get your car. Um the, the um, valet. The valet. Yeah. Yep, there, there it is. The, the valet. That's what he reminds me of because he just doesn't seem like he's paying attention too much. When he gets the ball, his spacing's just really bad. I don't know mm -hmm. what he's doing offensively. So it's still really bad. And I don't know who else he would put there because we loved Ish last year and Ish didn't really play tonight at all. And he hasn't really looked Well, he good. did and he looked bad. Yeah, Ish but Wayne Wright like, did not look good. Minimal minutes where he just looked terrible. It was like, did mm -hmm. he, he looked like he gained like 20 pounds too, like not in a good all, way. So, all in the shoulders. <laughs> Yeah, maybe, but I don't know. He had like a ton. He looked like James Harden out there almost. Well, from last so year. if if Monty Williams has to make the choice between Tory Craig or Dario Sarge, and again, Dario Sarge was not available for this game, do you think he starts Dario Sarge in an absence of Cam Johnson? Although, like again, we don't know much about the thumb strain that Cam Johnson has, but my guess is he's fine. They're just going to rest it as much as they can in, in preparation for the regular mm -hmm. season. But if we hit that speed bump in this season where Cameron Johnson can't play minutes. Do you start Torrey Craig knowing that he's an absolute zero on offense and on defense, he's not as, as productive as well? Or do you go with Dor Dario Saric, you know, because you want to have a, a stronger starting five, knowing that you're going to lose Dario Saric off the bench by putting him in the starting five? That's really tough. Honestly, I, I'd be interested to see what the Jamsters say because I don't know. I mean, I like Sarge off the bench playing the five, but he was playing the four. So mm -hmm. I bet you anything the season starts, we'll see Sarge. But before the season starts, there's going to be a trade. Jay's not going to be here. So that's going to fuck everything up. So who knows who's going to be involved? Sarge might be even involved. They might even throw in, um, who knows? Like I mean, of course, Jay's out of here. But it's just like there might be someone else that's taken out. We might get somebody back decent. But right now, it's just like, I don't know what you do because it doesn't look good with them. It's like I, I said last time, I'm like, just don't just start him, mm -hmm. but start it like a four versus five. Just have him out there, you know. Mm -hmm. But even then, it's just it's nasty with them out. There. I don't feel good with them on the floor with the starting five. Yeah, and that's that's the question mark. You know, I mean, it's a long season that lies ahead of us and this is going to happen. I mean, Cam Johnson has been known to miss time in the past. We don't yeah. know truly how durable he's going to be. Uh, we know that the the second team has a hard time scoring points. You don't have a true score, a, a shot creator on their own. You have Cameron Payne who can create shots, but he's supposed to facilitate the offense. Landry Shaman who can't create shots. He can a little bit, but he really can't. He's a spot-up shooter who doesn't always shoot well, did in the last preseason game, and we hope for the best. Uh, the three is Torrey Craig. The four is you know maybe Jock Landell, maybe Dario Saric. 
you know, the five is maybe Jock Lando, maybe Bismack Biombo. That second team unit's really a challenge. So anytime we have any injuries and we have to take somebody from that second team unit and plug them into the first team unit, like last season, I, I think one of the things that made this team so great and was ultimately downfall, their downfall was their depth, correct? We would sit there and we would talk about guys and we'd sit here and we'd dog on Alfred Payton and then we'd like, we chuckle. We're like, ha, 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 ha. And that's our third string point guard. And that's our third string this. And that's our, th- I mean, we had a great third string team last year. We don't have that this year. You have Josh Akogi. You have Damian Lee, who we're excited about, those two players and what they could potentially bring, primarily on the defensive end, especially with Akogi. You know, you have Dwayne Washington Jr., who you're just not sure about. You have these guys who you're just not sure about. We haven't really seen it. Uh, this preseason isn't giving us much of uh, insight into that because, again, like it's it's preseason. There's guys out there playing who will get zero minutes, and that's who they're playing against. So if you're like, oh, hey, you know, like, Great job. They had 10 points. You know, look, look at Damian Lee, Dwayne Washington Jr., Jock Landell. They all combined for 30 points off the bench. It's like, yeah, but they were also playing third teamers. Like, we just don't know yet. And again, that's why it feels like we're Marley's on a Tuesday trivia night, submitted our answers, and we're waiting to see if our answers are actually correct on how we're evaluating the team. Yeah, first, you don't want me on trivia night at all because I don't pay attention and I probably won't know the answer. Unless it's like Disney, all right, unless question. it's like Disney stuff. How many sons have wore jersey number two? Matthew, every time, like, 25. I don't know. 25. <laughs> oh, you're like, oh, yeah, 25. Really? It was close. Um, but, you know, the bench thing is just it's interesting because I am thinking about it, and it's always such a mess going into every season because there's always so – there's a lot of different pieces every season, I feel like, for everybody's bench going into the year. So it's always just something that's always thrown up in the air. But then also I look at the starting unit, and I'm just like – I still don't feel like I'm walking around here – during the day in my apartment working from home. And I'm just like, I don't know if I'm very confident in this team. I said they look good in the third. They did, but it's just like, I don't know yet. Like, I got to mm-hmm. see something. You know what I mean? I got to see this team step up in a way where Aiden and Cameron Johnson can be healthy and Mikhail Bridges can be as dominant as he lo- as he's looked at times in the preseason. And then Booker just a next the next level of nasty for him from him. I just I keep thinking about them more than the bench because I know the bench eventually might be something, but I just, uh, that's why I'm not interested in getting anybody for the bench like Frank Kaminsky back from the Hawks or something like that. I know we'll talk about it a little bit. I'm just, I don't know, dude, if we can just have guys that come in and play decent, that's fine. I'm just more worried about the starting unit going to the next level to actually be something in the West. A hundred percent, you know, but I think that the starting unit, like they know what they got to do. And like, that doesn't bother me because I think that, you know, they've been there. They're experienced. They know what they got to do. They got to lock down, and, and, and they understand what the expectations are for them. And I think that a lot of them, DeAndre Ayton, Mikhail Bridges, Devin Booker, are all ready to take that next level. What concerns me is, again, the bench, because that's what can lose you games. That's what can tax that first-team unit to the point where they're not as successful as they can be. And that's why I honestly think, like, Suns fans, we got to prepare for a dip in win total. You know, like, we won 64 games last year. You know, like, we lost, what, 18? We lost 18 fucking games. Like, this year, it's probably going to be 28 or 30, and that's just reality. And there's going to be some inconsistency because the starters are going to do great. The bench is going to come in. They're going to fuck it up. The starters are going to have to come back, try to dig themselves out of the hole. It might take too much energy, and they might lose some of those games. And that's just the reality of what this season is. At the end of the day, it doesn't matter until the very end, until we get to the playoffs, because that's when you can really start to hone in on exactly who's going to be productive, and what's actually going to garner you a championship. But the journey that lies ahead of us is a frustrating one. And we have to prepare for that because, like again, the, the reason we went 64-18 and 18 last year is because our depth was disgustingly good. We had a team that just continued, continued fighting. Like, I look at the Denver Nuggets. The Denver Nuggets are going to be the Phoenix Suns this year. They have a great starting unit, and I really like their backups. You know, Bones Highland's a backup on this team. Bruce Brown is a backup on this team. Those are two guys, especially Bones Highland, who can create their own shot and who can make three-pointers and play great defense. So they've got these great 3 and D wings that you look at them and you go, their top seven is a quality top seven where it's like, after our starting five, like, who's our best player coming off the bench? Sarich? I think a Sarich. I do. I think Sarich. That sucks. It does suck. It's just, I just, I don't know. Like, of course, this Nuggets team, the Suns have helped. They've always handled him, uh, Jokic. And I just think a guy like Jokic, is a guy that you're gonna have to defeat in the playoffs, which the Suns have. But I'm looking at other dudes that they're gonna but have to that's go the up playoffs, against. And I agree, like the playoffs yeah, I know, is a I know. different beast. I know because the regular season is gonna be a, a trials and tribulations. But how much you will I, you care? How much will you care? I'll about care night tonight because you always want success, and you're gonna sit there and you're gonna. Are we gonna feel the, different? 
Because right now, I don't care about the regular season. I really don't. I want to see these guys individually play games where they go up against the Clippers if they're healthy and just destroy them. Last year, the Suns never really blew out anybody, right? Those games were always so close. No, they blew the shit out of people last year. I have to go through the rock. Our point differential uh... was disgusting last year. It was one of the best I've ever seen. Are you sure? I swear those games were so close. Take a look. Take a look. They, They... Okay. I, I will care about the regular season because as the season progresses and, and you know, the trials and tribulations that we face, like those would be the concerns when we hit the playoffs. Like when we get to the playoffs, yeah, it, it changes. It's a different beast. But at the same time, like we're going to have a ton of question marks if we, we can't find a shot creator, if we can't find somebody who's consistently rebounding off the bench, which I don't think is going to be. Oh, yeah, we led, we led the league in point differential. It, yeah, I mean, we, we were great last year. Oh, Two okay. years ago, it was different. But that being said, like, it's the regular season. I, I get that it doesn't matter in the fact that it's like, as long as you get to the playoffs, that's all that matters. Right. But it's how you get there that going to the playoffs last year. How confident were we unbelievably confident because our team mm. was fucking great. And then that's why it was such a letdown to lose the way that we did this season. Our team is not going to be fucking great. Like we'll talk about it in the, in the upcoming week, right? Like we're going to go ahead and, and do our preseason jammies. We're going to do our sun season preview. And I'll tell you right now, like, when we look at the over-under, I might take the under on this team, and that's okay. Get to the playoffs is all that matters. But it's going to be frustrating as a Suns fan who watches night-to-night and talks with you know with you night-to-night about what's working on this team and what's not. It's going to be a lot of what's not when we talk about the bench. I think the starters are going to do fantastic. I think we're going to be like, fuck, man, we need Eric Gordon. We need somebody who can create a shot and consistently score off the bench. And unless Landry Shamit steps up and be and, and becomes that guy, becomes our sixth best player, becomes our sixth man of the year candidate, this team will have struggles for us. And and that's just the way it goes. And that's normal. Why haven't we gotten that guy like Clarkson though? Like why they they know they need that guy off the bench. I know. Like we can't rely on someone to like, oh, let's go and have that that great year again, like that great story year from Cameron Payne. We just exactly. need to know for sure we have something coming off the bench, like a Bogdanovich, which we're not gonna get. There's no way we're going to get Jay for Bogdanovich. And plus, oh, we'll talk about him a little bit. I keep doing that. I keep going to the Jay thing. I know. I want to talk about Jay. Well, let's finish talking about this game. Obviously. Watch. Matthew, I'm sure your notes page is littered with observations on DeAndre. (laughs) Yeah. I'll, I'll start off with this before I hand it off to you. 27 minutes played tonight. 19 points, 11 rebounds, 9 of 12 from the field. Tell me what you saw from DeAndre. Well, I think it was just that one play that kind of summed it up. And Michael Porter Jr. actually had like a pretty off. It was pretty bad. Like the shots he took. Uh, he's a guy that's going to force those shots. because He's so much yes. taller than everybody else. Right. And yeah. he's clanking them all night long. Um, but Aiden just taking him from, I think it was the start of the third quarter where he takes him from the corner three point line and take, and then Porter Jr. has it offensively DeAndre in there defensively. What are you going to do? Huh? DeAndre Ayton's guarding the perimeter again. Here we go. This yeah. is the thing we always talked about until the playoffs where it was kind of exposed, where it didn't even work. But he had him the whole time. He was on him the whole time, made him take a difficult shot. I, I think he basically blocked a shot. But I'm like, damn, that is fucking amazing. That is just an awesome play. But Aiden, of course, this is the thing where he plays so well. This is the same stuff we say last year, where it's quick decisions, just throwing it up there. It's the same moves as last year, but he's just really quick at releasing the ball. The mid-range looked really good. Um, there's just there's a lot he does well in the offensive end. There's even the one play where the Suns get the ball back after he misses it, but then he cuts down the lane. They hit him quick, quickly, quickly, quickly there for an and one. And I was like, dude, that was awesome. Like you're getting back, you're helping your teammates out. Um, so it was a good night from him, man. I I'm just excited to see if there's like something else that he really was working on because a lot of it looks the same, right? There's nothing that sticks out like, oh shit, like he was hitting his shots, but it was just quick shots, mm-hmm. quick decision shots. It wasn't anything crazy. It was nice to see, I'll tell you that, especially after how disappointed I was with his performance against the Lakers. You know, this is the peaks and valleys of DeAndre Ayton, but I'll tell you, uh, as Andrew Yang says in the chat, Paul to Ayton pass, perfect. Yeah. They looked great together. The pick and roll was working. Uh, there was a couple early passes that led to easy eight and baskets, and it was nice to see that back in action. I really liked how he looked on both ends of the floor. As you mentioned, the defense he was playing on Michael Porter Jr. on the perimeter is one of the reasons that he is an elite uh, center and has earned, you know, you you, you want to talk about max contract moments. Well, you know, we'll talk about it when it's, when it's uh, 
when he falls short of that expectation, but we'll praise it when he meets that expectation. Those are the kind of moments that meets that yeah. expectation. Uh, nine of 12 from the field. You know, I mean, he had his midi going. Uh, he missed a couple shots, but you know what? I mean, he was nine of 12 from the field. And he was, there was a couple plays where they passed the ball down in. He dropped one dribble and then he kind of went into a guy and then threw the ball up. I was like, that's what I want to see. That's what I want to mm -hmm. see. It's not just like, you know, get the ball, no back down, no dribbles, just pass out of it because the guy's in your way. Like, so we'll see as he progresses, but I liked, I a hundred percent was a huge fan of what I saw from Deandre Ayton tonight. Yeah. And the reason we do that, it's so scary to see like a woman Yana Yama come out and mm -hmm. it's just like, dude, we got to win something before that guy comes out in the NBA. And before like Zion is actually healthy. Like I'm just saying like these guys are, freaking gonna be nasty down there on the block i mean oh yeah women women yana his game's kind of outside inside he kind of plays like an alex lynn like around the basket where he's just like yeah. doing like the little guard he's stuff. like he, he's like a kevin durant but seven five he's insane he's more but of that I, kind aiden just yeah love you i guess yeah, I don't know absolutely absolutely and the funny thing was uh the announcers the denver announcers he didn't do the worst job i was actually okay watching it but uh one of their quotes was they didn't want to give him the big contract but they had to and it was interesting to see how the rest of the league perceives Phoenix and the Aiton situation. Yeah. They didn't want to give it to him, but they had to. Do you think that's an accurate de de depiction or description of what occurred? Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, dude, this is a number one pick where we're still debating whether or not he deserves money. Like, <laughs> deserves a Mac. We are. Like, this never happens. Either someone doesn't or they do. Like, either most of us can usually agree whether a player does or doesn't from the outside looking in. It's like, it's a good player. The way they talked about Aiden all game long was this guy's a stud. He's so good for mid range. That's a shot. Yeah. You know what I mean? But we yeah. don't think of that when we watch him, we don't. And we'll debate We're about critical. this forever until he actually steps up and does win us a championship. We'll talk about it for forever. So it's just the way it is. And I'm sorry, but no, you're right. No, I'm you're not. Right. Yeah. I'm you... not saying sorry this year, about no, anything. I'm saying, I'm saying you are sorry. You're sorry. Son of a bitch. I am sorry. <laughs> Um, couple other things that I noted in my notes. Uh, I love the transition foul rule, and I think that this is something mm -hmm. that Chris Paul is going to master the shit out of this year. <laughs> Keep a, you know, I love it in in transition. If you foul yeah. a player, what happens? Okay, so you you get one free throw shot from anyone on the team, so they could try to foul Aiton in transition to stop a fast break, and then they could put Devin Booker on the line, and then you get the ball back. And I absolutely love that, love that. And again, I think it's something that Chris Paul is really going to take advantage of this year. I like it too. Um, I just the whole thing is like, okay, so you have to be going for the ball, you have to touch the ball or something. I should you they should know whether or not it should be a foul or you know, there shouldn't be anything where they have to review anything or take time. Yeah, well, it's it's new, so I think that they're trying to figure out exactly how to yeah. do it. But we all know, I mean, nice. guys did it all last year, and it's you know, there's gonna be some brain farts for the first like quarter oh, yeah. of the season where guys are doing that, and it's gonna be great because we're gonna get a lot of fast breaks. So which member of the Phoenix Suns is going to most benefit from this rule because they're going to actually get to conduct a fast break? Oh, um, this is going to be tough because who runs fast breaks in Phoenix? Is it Booker who can't lob the pass? Or No, I think it's like so like in a fast break, someone is going to end up dunking, right? Who's going yeah. to benefit most on the dunking end because we're going to actually be allowed to con con have a fast break occur? That's a good question. I can't think of anybody. Oh, I know exactly who. I mean, who? Mikhail? No, man. It's your boy. Lights, Cameron, action. Dude, Cameron Johnson was born to posterize motherfuckers. He's going to be playing on the perimeter, okay? And then there's going to be a, a steal by Mikhail Bridges. Mm -hmm. Because they're not going to transition foul, foul him, dude, we're going to see some savage throwdowns from Cameron Johnson this year. I guarantee, like, I'm calling at least, like, two windmill dunks. Like, wide open, just like, wah, wah, coming down. I think it's going to be really fun to watch the NBA. In that hey, game. if he can stay healthy. But yeah, Fabio says Dario. Yeah. All right, Dario. Let's go, Dario. Yeah. If he gets down the court in the fast break, he's with, you know, I mean, it's, it's tough when you smoke a pack a day. <laughs> yeah. They'll have time to put a trampoline out there for him, too. <laughs> <laughs> you know, some padding. Um, do you have any more notes on the Suns? The only thing is the preseason announce the announcer in preseason mode calling uh, DeAndre Jordan, DeAndre Ayton on the intros. Did you see that? I didn't. Oh, he announced he's all DeAndre Ayton. It was oh. DeAndre Jordan. And he's like, DeAndre Jordan. And then the jump ball within minutes of the game was so pathetic. I'm like, I've never seen a jump ball that quickly. I'm like, no, do I have to watch Yeah, that's game? true. That's true. Uh, that's it. I have a couple notes on the, the Nuggets. Bones Highland looked good until he got injured. Um, yeah, I always thought of him as like a baseball guy, not basketball. But 
Yeah, but I guess, I mean, that's what he's doing now. The Sun's Jam Session subreddit stakeout. So there I was. Sexy librarian. There I was. <laughs> My wife's glasses, I can't see shit. There I was, hanging out on the subreddit. Yeah, it's preseason. I'm still hanging out on those subreddits for you, you jamsters, so you can know what the opposition is saying on their subreddit. <laughs> and here are some of the highlights. One Redditor said, I just want Tory back. You can fucking have him, dude. What do you want? Bag of, bag of Cheetos? Well, yeah. What How about a nice before? warm glass of j- ice cold jazz? Jazz? Ice cold glass of John Jameson? Please. They want they want Tory back. They can fucking have him. Um, two shooters in Brown and Bones. Bench has some serious potential. I concur with that. Uh, Mikhail Bridges is the perfect three for the modern NBA. I'm so jealous. Yeah. Be yeah. jealous, motherfuckers. Uh, Bones from the Highlands. I like that. I just I thought that sounded cool. I actually tweeted something with, that said Bones from the Highlands. Um, that's one hell of a Suns lineup, and they hit some hard shots. So they were giving us some props. Um, this is a great one. Is the white guy from the Suns a Paul brother? <laughs> he does look like him, doesn't he? He does. He looks like Jake yeah. and Logan Paul. Yeah. That's Jock Landell. It's Jock, uh, Jock Paul. We can call him that. Jock. <laughs> and then the last one, there was a foul that Tori Craig did. He says, uh, Tori, that one's for Faku, for Faku Campanzo or whatever the fuck his name was. So, Wait, What's going on there? What there was a that? foul, and they're like, that one's for Faku Campanzo. Like, I don't know. It was, mm. I just thought it was funny. I'm like, oh, yeah, I remember that guy. I remember yeah. that guy, too. Yeah. Yeah, Jock, Jock Paul. That's fantastic. Uh, so there you go. There you go. Subreddit stakeout. It's All never right. too early in the season to go ahead and go, you know what? Let's bring in some uh, state. Let, let, let's go see what the opposition staying saying about the Phoenix Suns. So oh, we got about 13 minutes left on the pod. I think it's talk, time to talk about Jay Crowder. It's Jay Crowder. So Sham Sharania today was talking about how there is a new front runner, if you will, uh, in the Jay Crowder sweepstakes, and that is the Atlanta Hawks. How the, the Hawks have been linked to Jay Crowder. They're looking for uh, a veteran presence to add to their big three, which they consider Trey Young, DeJounte Murray, and John Collins. Um, so when you first heard this, where'd your mind go? Did it go right to an NBA trade machine, Matthew? No. I was actually excited that he'd be playing for the Hawks. I'm like, go ahead and go for it. Like, that's the one team I don't mind. It's in the East. It's a team that probably will under-succeed this year. This is a team we didn't – we weren't really looking forward to them having a good year, I feel like, this year. Um, if he can help that team get to, like, a, a Eastern Conference championship again, it's like, fuck, dude. You know what I mean? That would suck. But I don't see that happening. I don't think we're going to get anybody good back. And it's just like, if he wants to start – where the fuck is he going to start on the team? They already have their starters, right? Mm-hmm. So I don't well, know what he's going to where, where he's going to start. There. I guess I guess the one guy who they could trade, which kind of makes sense, uh, and it would take a spot as DeAndre Hunter. You know, like so. You know, uh, preview yeah. of a piece. I have a whole thing coming out tomorrow on Bright Side of the Sun. Check it out tomorrow morning. Uh, if you like to read, if not, um, you can go to Bright Side and you can literally click a little button that says play, and it'll read the article to you. You lazy bastards. Uh, but DeJounte, or I'm sorry, uh, DeAndre Hunter, you know, he's six foot eight, fourth overall in the 2019 NBA draft. And he's a guy who they had an opportunity to provide with a rookie extension this past offseason, much akin to DeAndre Ayton, right? Last offseason, they could have given the rookie extension. They chose not to. It would have been five years, 188 million. But this is a team that has Trey Young, they have John Collins, and they're going to have to start paying DeJounte Murray starting next year. That's when his he's eligible for extension. Um, so they're going to start to look to trim a little bit of that salary cap where they can. And it might be DeAndre Hunter who they potentially trade, because that would be a straight-up trade. If they did Jay Crowder for DeAndre Hunter, uh, Jay Crowder makes $10.1 million, DeAndre Hunter makes $9.8 million. It would be a one-for-one deal where he would go in there, he would get what he wants, he could start, he could be that veteran leadership that they want. And then the Phoenix Suns get Hunter. Now, the disadvantage of Hunter, you know, uh, normally in his career, he's been very durable. But the past two seasons, he had a a meniscus tear, and then he had a a wrist issue that cost him 25 games last season. So, 
you know, it'd be interesting to see if they, if, you know, they, if, if the Hawks are looking at Hunter as somebody who is, they consider, you know, quote unquote injury prone, it would make sense to get rid of him. Right. Yeah. But I don't see, that's why I don't really want him. I don't, there's no one that's really interesting except for the guys off the bench, Bogdanovich. Like that would be awesome. There's a guy that we're not going to get, <laughs> but it would be awesome to get him back. I just, Justin Holiday is a name that everyone keeps throwing around, you know, even on Twitter. So that's the most realistic thing. I'm just, I'm to a point where it's just like, I'm just sick of hearing about Jay Crowder and this bullshit. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, I mean, well, that's why I, I want this. Like when I hear that he could be traded, I was like, sweet. Can we get this over with? Yeah, exactly. It's like, just, I don't want to wake up one morning where it's done. And if we get nothing back, we get nothing back. That's just the way it always happens with the Suns team. I, I swear. I feel like anytime we get into a trade, we don't have any leverage. We're never there. And of course, Jake yeah. Crowder can do what the hell he wants. We can't even get Kevin Durant where he just wanted to come here. So that's, what's frustrating. It's like, I don't, I don't want Jay anymore, obviously. And we have to grow up, take a piece of his toughness or whatever. Everyone grab a piece of his toughness going into next year and see, if we can fill that void. If we have issues winning at all in the playoffs or in the season without Jay Crowder's and we got, we got some big issues, dude. I know he brings that toughness or whatever, mm -hmm. but we just we had to grow up. We had to continue without him, and we can fill the holes that he provided. You know, the one for nine games, and sometimes he can get hot. But it's just it, get, it gets to a point where it's just like I just want him out of here, and I hate that it's that way because it he's is doing what the best. it is though. Right? He's doing what I he mean... yeah, but he wants to do what he wants, what he can do to get more money, obviously, right? So that's the way I look at it. Where I'm like, all right, he's just doing the best thing for him, mm -hmm. and the Suns are doing the best thing for them, which is not getting anything back for a player that. Doesn't a lot want of teams that want to, yeah, but teams that want to compete want this guy. It's like, dude, that's that's the worst teams to deal with. Yeah, it sucks that Jay Crowder was a, a part of a team that went to the finals, and then as part of the team that won a, a franchise record sixty four games, and he doesn't want to be a part of that team anymore. Like that's the frustrating part for me. But on the same note, I'm with you. It's like I want it to be over, and I don't care where he goes as long as it's not like a, a Pacific Division or like to the Mavericks. You know, like. Go, go and be happy, Jay. I do. Like, I, I hope the best for him because I love what he was for this team. I will always have respect for Jay Crowder and what he did for this team. When I hear the Hawks, I'm I'm just like, you know, I'm like, sweet, Easter Conference, good. Go there, be happy, whatever. You know, and I just instantly, I like, I, I did run to the trade machine and I did start plugging things in. Cool. I'm trying to figure out different trades to make it happen because I want to get this thing over with. And that's, again, that's kind of how I operate. So, you know, the first one that I came up with, and we know it's not going to happen. And Gambo said it today. DeAndre Hunter, probably not going to happen. Bogdog Bogdanovich, probably not going to happen. But if some way, some, somehow, if we could take Jay Crowder and Landry Shamit and trip him, flip him for Bogdan Bogdanovich, like, wouldn't that be nice, man? And I know that, like, I'm going to put this article out on, on fucking Brightside, and it's going to get retweeted in Atlanta circles, and everyone's going to trash me again because anytime I do anything trade related, on <laughs> and i get you know like crucified upside down like i'm saint paul or something but at the same time like wouldn't that be a great fit he literally he's he's okay playing off the bench he fills that 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 need that landry shamit what was supposed to be he fills the offensive void that cameron jansen johnson leaves by going to the first team unit but it's too good to be true so it's like i have to lower my expectations and you know everybody's saying justin holiday justin holiday it's like that's probably what's going to end up happening. We're going to get Jay Crowder for fucking like Justin Holiday, and I guess we'll have to be okay with that, right? Yeah, we have to be, and we can't have a dominant player coming off the bench, right? No, yeah, we can't have a six man. We we just can't. We can't have Leandro Barbosa anymore. Um, the last trade I put together on Brightside is I said, okay, here's a here's a two for one. We give up Crowder, they give us uh, Mo Harkless, who they received in a trade for Kevin Huerta uh, from the Sacramento Kings. And uh, Onike Onkongwu from USC. You know, I think that that Onkongwu is a beast, man. He's fantastic. But again, I think that he's young. He's another one of those guys. He's got a club option and the team has until uh, the 31st of October to fulfill that team option. Uh, if not, he will become a free agent. And I think that, you know, they're a fan of his athleticism. I think we'll, we'll wait to see what happens with the Jake Crowd trade. And if Onkongwu is not a part of that deal, then obviously they're going to, they're going to, um, uh, extend him right away. So, or Mo Harkless and Justin Holiday, as Hey Zero says. I think that would be nice too. I just, yeah. Yeah, Mo, I just want to be, be so Harkless. Why you gotta yeah. be so Harkless? <laughs> but when, but, I, but when see, I think yeah. about the whole Jay Crowder situation, there's only one word that comes to mind. You know what that is? Poop. 
Fuck. <laughs> oh, that's an oldie, that's, dude. That's the word. Oldie but a goodie. Uh, hey, I'm, I'm busting I mean, out all the oldies. Not, all, all, all the oldies. It's an older, it's an older drop. Not an older it is one. It's guy. one from like two years ago, I think. Yeah. So anything else you got on the Jay Crowder situation that you want to talk about? No, I'm just, I'm completely done with it. And I, it'd be nice maybe for, wasn't Frank Kaminsky was also, but I, I would he love that make Frank, enough. but then where like, would he, he play? Well, he, would just, he, play? he doesn't make enough. I mean, it, that's yeah. why it's a two for one with him, you know, because he just doesn't make enough. And yeah, where would he play? We have two Jock Landells. We have two Frank Kaminsky. We have his replacement. Team. It'd be so awkward. <laughs> <laughs> I know it's like yeah. it's like the Spider-Man meme where they're pointing at each other, you know. Yeah, exactly, it's like, <laughs> exactly. It's like uh, this is awkward. They have to share a locker, <laughs> but uh, I just it does suck because I know Jay's doing what he wants or what what he can do for himself, but I just I hate that he can't. Like, why would a team want him if he's like, I want to be a starter? That's it. It's okay. So this might be an issue down the line during the regular season if he suck. Yeah. Like I don't, I don't understand why a team would really want that. Maybe they're that's why they're having such a hard time with it. Who knows? Yeah, seriously. I mean, if you think about it, only a shitty team would take him on, and like even they're they're in asset building mode, so they're not going to give yeah. away assets so they can bring on a guy whose contract expires next season, right? I mean, yeah, but Jay wouldn't want to go to one of those teams either, and that's the thing too is like the players get what they want, unless you're Kevin Durant coming to the fucking Suns, you know, <laughs> you don't get what you want. Oh shit. All right. Well, let's see. We got a few minutes left. Uh yes. it's what do you mean? Yes. Like are you, are you excited to get off of here? No, no, I'm excited for the next drop. I think I know what you're gonna do. You have no idea what I'm gonna do. Childhood trauma. Childhood trauma. Yeah. Is that what you got excited for? That's fine. All right, so yeah. you're so excited. What do you want to share? You know, I was trying to think of something 10 minutes ago because I thought we were going to have time. I couldn't think of anything. So, I mean, if anybody has any ideas in the chat, do you have anything? Oh, I can't I think have, of anything, I dude. Um, There's so much childhood trauma in here. I don't know where to, where to begin, my friend. Oh, jeez. Um, <laughs> okay, so there was... Um, yeah, if you got any suggestions in the chat for childhood trauma, we, we what we need to do is start, like, tweeting out before the games. Like, mm-hmm. hey, if there's a childhood trauma segment, any... Uh, thoughts or ideas on what we should talk about, and then everybody would be like, what do you hey, "No one would reply." Yeah, yeah, no, no one, one would reply. reply. Like always, I do have like one switching schools. Changing okay. schools is a big thing. I don't okay, know if that's you did a that good a one. Let's yeah, well, I did it a ton. I went to. Um, I could tell you about the school. One of the schools I went to was a charter school, and I was in fourth grade, and it was a charter school that was. Um, it was a farm. But it was the most well put together farm. Um, <laughs> it was a smaller. There was probably like maybe like sixty students total. Okay. But it was one of those K through twelve ones where it's just oh like everyone's combined into one class basically. Yeah. And you 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 manage a farm, but then there's like ducks dying. There's just like everything's just gross there. They have a horse. So you're not taking wild. like English. You're out there like milking cows. We are. We are. But you do it both, and it was. It was pretty bad. And then later on, I guess a few years ago, we found out that the um, the one of the guys, the actual husband, was molesting some of the kids, and he went oh, to prison. Man, so yeah. Why did your parents put you in that? And where was this farm area? Like out in fucking South Chandler? It, yeah, yeah, it was in Chandler. Yeah, I went to a lot of weird different, a lot of different schools. That's I crazy. Know. I tell okay. Was weird. I well, was like weird. I, I can, I, I can, around. I can relate. So. Um, first through third grade, I went to St. John Baptist de la Salle, which is in, uh, Granada Hills, California. Right. So, you know, born and raised in a Catholic family. And then my dad moved us out to Moore Park, California. Moore Park backwards is crap room. And he moved us out there so we could put us on. We had, we had like an acre and a half of land that we were renting. We had horses and we had chickens and my dad raised pigeons, as I'm sure I've talked about on this podcast before. Uh, but the school that he put us into was called De Montfort Academy. And it was very similar to yours. It was a K through 12, but they had like 30 students there. And it was in like a house in Moore Park. Like it was a house. So like in somebody's bedroom is like, oh, that's, uh, you know, third through sixth grade learning Latin. You know, so we're all of a sudden like, like didn't have any Colty fields at all. You know what I'm saying? Wait, is that Latin? That, that was song? Latin. 
Yes, that's. Oh, I from never church. knew that was Latin. Yeah, okay. it's Latin. I know the song and I sing it all. But I didn't know I was speaking Latin. <laughs> yeah, you're talking. I have no idea okay. what it says. So yeah, so like from third to fifth grade, I went to this school where it was just thirty kids, um, K through twelve. I was in the. It was just. It was weird, and it was like super, super Catholic. Like Baltimore Catechism, mem- Baltimore Catechism, memorize the Bible type stuff. Uh, and I was still kind of a normal kid because, like, I would play sports and stuff locally. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was really weird. And then the principal, Greg Dillsaver, who was missing his middle, like, half of his middle finger. It looked like that. Right? He ended up marrying one of the students years later. Oh, jeez. Yeah. Yeah, the way it was back then, right? It's fucking weird, man. <laughs> like, I think I'm like, Dad, what the fuck were you thinking taking us to this? Like, we were, you know, we were in a Catholic school with uniforms uh-huh. and all that stuff. And, like, you know, that's going to be weird unto itself but like to take us to like this super culty and like mom how did you let dad do that yeah it's is that weird nuts. that his, his ring finger was uh it was like you just like you just like his bride you <laughs> you it, it was like you could not not look at it like, yeah you know i feel like, like everyone's always had a teacher with a missing finger yeah super weird so interesting we both come from backgrounds where we went to like these very weird k through 12 yeah. schools for a period of time and now look at us now we podcast and talk about it. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's full circle. It's full circle. It's, it's nuts. You know, a lot of people, they just go to school, one school their whole life, you know, the same yeah. district. But no, yeah. I was all over no, the place. Not me, man. I was all over the place. My parents moved all the time. It's like I was in a military family, but I wasn't in a military family. So there you go, ladies and gentlemen. T- childhood trauma. You hang out on a preseason podcast this long, you're going to hear some weird shit. So... Thank you for that. And thank you for watching and listening to another edition of the Sun's Jam Session podcast. If you're watching on YouTube, click the thumbs up button down below. We truly appreciate it. If you're listening, leave a five-star review like Lando Bobando did. And uh, we'll read it right here on the pod. We're going to be coming to you live after the Kings game on Wednesday night. Until then, everyone, uh, cheers. Enjoy your Jameson, my friends. Go home and love your family. Okay. Okay.